All right, welcome back to another episode of Find Your Spark. I'm Ashley Hunt. And I'm Stephanie Fox. And I feel like this was exactly last week or the week before when our last podcast, it was both of us as well. <laughs> Except yes. for this time, you're in the hot seat, not me. So if you all did not catch last time, the episode from, that we just released last time, um, it was my origin story. So you can go back and listen to that if you want. We're not. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead and listen to it. But um, this idea kind of came about because I was listening to a podcast, uh, like a favorite podcast of mine, and the host of this podcast decided that they were going to do an origin story for each of them. And so basically, it's kind of like, what led you to where you are and who you are today, right? And I loved listening to that uh, with with this particular podcast hosts, because there was so much that I felt like I knew these people, but there was so much I didn't know about them. Right. So I enjoyed it as a, as a listener. And I was telling Stephanie, maybe our listeners would enjoy this too. So we did this, our last episode and Stephanie is Miss Stats lady. And she says that it did great. <laughs> we did. Apparently our audience really liked hearing your origin stories. So we're going to keep on with the series. And I guess I'm up next. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to listen to Stephanie's origin story. And she has just a little bit of nerves, but <laughs> I think she'll be all right. Yeah, I was just telling Ashley before this, you know, I haven't like, I'm really happy and, and okay with sharing my story with strangers. But for some <laughs> reason, when I think about people I know hearing it which is so weird then it makes it makes me nervous because they know me so they should already know my story right <laughs> yeah. so I don't know it's it's really it's really illogical um but I hopefully feel you. I, you do you feel me I like, feel you I that's I just, why I, I just understanding that others listen and and know me I'm okay talking to strangers but you know me it feels like just don't tell me if you listen <laughs> I'll just keep pretending like I'm talking to strangers or just nobody listens to this right yeah okay so that's what I'm gonna do so I, I get you know like when you're when I'm speaking to a crowd it's like picture them naked so now when I'm speaking now I'm just gonna um pretend that nobody's actually gonna listen to this and then I'll be fine being vulnerable and like you know like sharing the truth like I don't we're not doing this to um I don't know have something to talk about it's because we we really do want to be able to connect with our audience and part of that is our audience uh, getting to know us better exactly so Stephanie so tell us about your life. How did you get <laughs> to where you are today? Okay, so I was born in a small town in Minnesota. It is called Breckenridge, Minnesota. And it's in the western part. It's about 50 miles south of Fargo, North Dakota. So if anyone's seen that really old movie Fargo, uh, you kind of get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on there I used to joke it's it's a farming community okay so I used to joke that there uh were more cows than people there and <laughs> I actually was gonna look that up but I don't even know how you get those stats but I'm sure 
I, I was close um, <laughs> that that might actually be the case. Um, so it's a lot of farmers. My grandparents were farmers. That's what a lot of people do there, both like crops and animals. And it's really flat. You like there's no hills at all. It's like flat, fertile, fertile farming ground. You can literally see the earth curve because there's nothing blocking your view on the horizon. <laughs> I remember when um my partner went there for the first time. He's like, oh my gosh, this is it. like, how can it be? Because he's from Vermont where there's actually like hills, right? I'm like, no, it is so funny that whatever I would as a kid I would like drive to a place that um there was a hill I, I remember distinctly asking my parents I was like how did they make this did they just like pour more tar on this part of the road to make it go up <laughs> oh my god like, this funny. is like <laughs> I thought the whole world I, I thought everything was flat like, yeah. <laughs> anyway so I grew up there in uh you know a really small town which um has you know, it's been, it's pros and cons, like every place has its pros and cons. One of the pros is um, everybody knows who you are and they'll come over and they'll, you know, plow out your driveway. Oh, there's tons of snow. It's in Minnesota. So that's a thing. Um, you know, there's, we joke that there's two seasons, winter and road construction. That's all <laughs> happens there really. And so, um, you know, it's really like, community oriented people kind of take care of each other you know when tragedy happens someone will bring you over a hot dish as we call them, we call um, them casseroles down here there you go that's it <laughs> yep uh tater tot hot dish that was a staple growing up um <laughs> that's so funny we call it's tater tot casserole I've never heard hot dish <laughs> yep all right <laughs> so and then there's also the cons of growing up in a really small town, which is everybody knew you. Mm -hmm. And so everybody, you know, knows what's going on with you and your family and who got in trouble. And my dad was the county attorney. So anytime my friends and me got in trouble, he was oh. <laughs> prosecuting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I got in my fair share of trouble. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did indeed. Um, I had lots of fun. Yep, I wasn't <laughs> sitting at home on Friday and Saturday nights. No, I was, you know, out there doing Mainers, which is like, do you know what that is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> There's nothing to do there. So like, we would just like drive up and down Main Street and look at each other and then stop in a Hardy's parking lot, talk for a little bit, and then get back in our cars and just literally drive up and down Main Street. They're called doing Mainers. That's that it. is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you got into some trouble doing that, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, not necessarily on Main Street. You had to go to the gravel pit or other um, undisclosed locations <laughs> to get in your trouble. Um, anyway, so that's kind of the context you know everybody knew everybody like what car you drove where you lived what your family was up to you know just mm -hmm. um and then when my my parents got divorced when I was 13 so everybody knew about that mm -hmm. and then I felt like everybody was you know looking at me differently um that you know that was a hard time so I think I kind of like developed the sense of just wanting to be anonymous 
right? Mm -hmm. Like I just wanted to be in a place where I didn't have to see people that knew me like all the time, you know, like I was just like, gosh, wouldn't that be amazing to live in a place where there were strangers? (laughs) (laughs) So I started to, you know, get curious about that. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. When I graduate from high school, I'm going to go to a big city. I'm going to experience strangers and different people and people that don't look like me and that don't, you know, all have like really similar kind of backgrounds than me. Than me. So I went to um, uh, the University of Minnesota. My little 1984 Honda Accord hatchback was packed up weeks before I could move into the dorms. I was just raring to go. And so that's what kind of like launched me off into the big world uh, that was available to me. And I loved being there. And I I participated in loads of things, getting to know lots of different people and cultures. And I was really, I was really drawn to also then um, even go beyond the big city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I studied abroad. Um, I was studying Spanish and Portuguese in my undergrad. So when the my school advisor was like oh you should you know you can go and study abroad I'm like another country what it's not Canada I think up until that point I'd, I'd, you know <laughs> I'd only been to Canada which is not a really another country for us it's like you know a few hours north like yeah even, yeah I remember when we were um, <laughs> here's here's one of the shenanigans when we were 18 um you know you can drink in Canada you can't drink in the U.S. so we'd drive up to Canada on a Friday night just to go to a bar because it's really so good. funny and, <laughs> and the only reason that we would know we were in Canada because it shifted the the street the signs went from the speed limit being in miles per hour to kilometers per hour there was no border it was just like oh wow. Canada now yeah and then I call my mom from a payphone in a bar in a village in Canada like midnight not gonna make it home tonight mom sorry oh my gosh (laughs) wow (laughs) um anyway I digress so I did some study abroad I was also involved in um like volunteering uh when I was in Minneapolis I volunteered giving uh, citizenship classes to newly arrived immigrants and mm-hmm. I also did um, I volunteered at um, a shelter for Somali refugees where mm-hmm. I gave uh, I organized like children's activities for uh, the kids that were living there and I think really all of that just opened my eyes up to the the suffering that exists in the world um and I, I saw that, you know, this suffering was a result of um, poverty, uh, but also war and displacement. And that just seemed so terrible to me. So I was just really drawn to do whatever I could to um, contribute to the end of human suffering and injustice. So, and so if I can ask a question, just... yeah did that that started to um you started to to see that in college is that where that first showed up for you uh that you were starting to get curious about it or did that happen prior to college I think it was in college because prior to that I was totally sheltered yeah 
it, you know, yeah. I mean, I was aware of like my own suffering, but like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't aware of like the, really the other suffering in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't have an up. I, I didn't really have an opportunity to, to be aware of it. You know, this mm-hmm. is like now letting me see how old I am. This is like pre-internet. Casually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, how would I know about what's going on in Somalia when I was growing up in Breckenridge, Minnesota? I, you just wouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there'd be like a tiny like paragraph in, in it, no, it wouldn't even have been in our local newspaper, which is like seven pages long and just talks about like who got a DUI, you know, like there's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was really college that. Uh, opened my eyes to what was going on in the world and then just wanted to wanting to really be a part of the the solution to alleviate human suffering um in in really any way I could so that led me to look into more about um, study why why people go bad let's say why people do bad things so I was studying um criminology and um you know, like the criminal mind. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was also interested in what led to conflict and how to prevent conflict. So I did my master's in international conflict analysis and was really, you know, digging into like all the different wars in the world and how they could be resolved and how we could move forward with that. And then that led me to uh, work in international development Um first in based in Washington DC where um, I first did some assignments in the Middle East and Angola and then I eventually um, accepted a position with the United Nations in Gaza which was another transformative um, experience for me it was I want to say like it was it, like the best and worst of humanity is what I witnessed there Mm-hmm. like the best in terms of people really coming together to to help each other in really really hard circumstances and the worst in seeing like what we as humans are capable of doing to each other mm-hmm. you know when we are in that really bad place of just constant fear anxiety and stress like what what we come up with what we justify doing Mm-hmm. to other yeah, human yeah. beings when we ourselves are are in such a such a bad place now I didn't get that that's what was going on at the time I just which led me to lose my faith in humanity basically you know see, seeing all the the horrible atrocities just one after another you know it, it really wears on you mm-hmm. and at the at the time I didn't think it was wearing on me um but in hindsight I I realized that it really was you know and so after after five years of that I I needed a break I knew I knew I needed a break because I was in such a low place myself that I knew I wasn't being helpful Mm -hmm. and you know people in those situations really need to be in a good space mentally you can lie to yourself and say no it's fine I got this but you know hopefully um people can come to that self-awareness where 
and realize, okay, it's time to step away from this because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just not well mentally. Yeah. And, and if so, you are not well yourself, you can't give that or help others to get that way because you're struggling. So yeah, it's interesting. Right. Exactly. And during that, during that time, like the last year I was there, I actually, um, I took this writer's workshop because I felt like, gosh, I have so many stories and stuff in me that I want to like get out. And so I started writing this book when I was in like, um, let's call it the dungeon of my mm -hmm. mind. Then, <laughs> <laughs> like a year later when I was out of it, and I went back to read what I had written. I was like, holy Lord, Stephanie, <laughs> who is wow. this person that wrote this? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't even realize I was in such a dark place until I wasn't. And I wrote and I read what I had written from that place. I was like, I don't even know, you know, who this person is. So, um, yeah, so I took, you know, I, I realized I needed to, you know, kind of move, move on from that, even though it was just so incredible. And the people I worked with were amazing. And the mission was so admirable. Yeah. So uh, tell me about that decision, because I'm just wondering if you're doing stuff like that and you're, you're seeing that it is so needed, but then you see for yourself, you need, you need something different. Like how hard of a choice was that for you? Well, it was really hard. And that's why I think it, um, I probably stayed longer than I should have. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Don't we all <laughs> many times it's, and I look back at things I see, I just stayed because I felt bad, but I knew way longer to not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I wanted to be helpful. I wanted to not be in um, a sad place. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you, you, you are, you are where you are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's just having that self-awareness that is so important. So, yeah. And so when that, when I made the decision, so many of my colleagues were like, why, what are you going to do? How, you know, like this, who would ever leave like this great position and this mm -hmm. great mission? I'm like, I know, I know it seems crazy, but I can't, I just can't. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't continue to serve and be effective the way I want it to be. Yeah. 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 So I moved on. I took some time off, started a family, got in a better place mentally, and then really started to get curious about, um, the human mind and, you know, psychology and how somebody like me who did like so many of us you know we really do want to you know end human suffering mm -hmm. but how to do that like what's what's the answer like i feel like in all of my studies you know my university masters and, and my life experience like something had been missing you know because while there was always this you know, good being done and, you know, suffering being relieved like momentarily, there was always more coming mm -hmm. behind, behind it on, on the heels of it. And I didn't, I, I don't know, I felt like something was missing anyway. So I just got curious, started looking into different philosophies on life, you know, Eastern philosophies, Western philosophy, lots of spiritual stuff. And that's when I stumbled across the 
understanding of the mind that we now teach and talk about, which was a total game changer for me. Like I, oh gosh, I just feel relief thinking about it right <laughs> now. Like, oh, thank God. I, um, I came across understanding that we actually all have this well-being and resilience and mental health inside of us ready to be felt and lived from mm -hmm. but because we don't understand how our mind is covering that up we get ourselves into these really low states right and we act from those low states not even knowing <laughs> not wow. even knowing sadly and innocently that we are not living from that well-being we're we are doing the best that we can for sure everybody is always doing the best that they can but without an awareness or understanding of what kind of state you're in and the potential to access more well-being well we're just not going to ever live up to our potential as humanity and we are going to continue to suffer ourselves hurt ourselves you know not be nice to ourselves others and neighbors and and everybody really so it was when I uh, became trained as a coach in uh, this transformative understanding that I met Brooke, our <laughs> CEO. And at that time, I was so inspired. I started to create my first educational materials in, uh, you know, letting everybody know about what we call our spark and the source of our feelings. Um, that is a curious the dragonfly for those who don't know. So I was having lots of fun creating those. I met Brooke, who was creating Spark, and it was just like ding 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 synergy. That was back in 2016. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we started creating together. And that was so much fun and so great. And I love the rest of the team. And I got to meet all of you guys. I think I met you first, Ashley, in London, mm -hmm. if yep, I'm yep. speaking at, at a conference that you guys yep. were speaking at. And it just kind of took off from there. It just seemed like a really natural kind of fit that we should put our collective efforts and inspiration and energy together to create together and um, work together to ensure that as many kids as possible would have this understanding so that they too can live from their well-being and just be saved from the suffering mm -hmm. that I so wish I had been saved from when I was growing up um, with no one ever talking about any any mental health issues or emotional and social well-being it was just it was it wasn't a thing and so I was just so excited to meet you guys that were you're on the same you were on the same mission as me and so stronger together as they say. Yeah, it was so interesting. I remember meeting you for the first time and I remember Brooke saying we have to you know we're going to go meet Stephanie. She's you know she wants to get this understanding out to all kids and and so it just feels like maybe there's something there. I'm like, "Okay, let's go. Let's talk to her." And so I just remember meeting you and after being like, "There is something there. We should work together somehow some way." Um not knowing how it would unfold and that it would be such a huge part of it. Um and it's just interesting to hear your story all the way through, because obviously I didn't know lots of parts of that. And so 
I'm thinking back like, wow, <laughs> all of the things that had to lead up to you being here now and, and, and being with us in this organization and creating this for kids, like there was so much that had to happen in order mm. for everything to align perfectly. And now here we are. So it's really, really cool to think about. Yeah. All the dots. And even when I was saying it, I was like, oh, I, I totally forgot. I worked with kids in Minneapolis. Oh, well, the other thing I forgot to mention was I was a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teacher in Spain. I was an English teacher. Yeah. Wow. I worked so I worked with worked with kids there. So and when I and when I was in Gaza, I was supporting teachers. Like all of it has like, I don't know, a 20-year career has been in education, actually, but oh, never cool. teaching like what <laughs> I now think is like the foundational thing to be taught to everybody. Yeah. So there's that piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool do you ever think back so I you you kept saying you felt like there was a missing piece there was a missing piece and so now that you see this part of understanding your mind and how critical is it do you look back and think like oh if I would have just known I could have helped more people or like it that is when you were talking and you were talking about the suffering that people were having over there um do you do you see how this if they knew this that maybe there wouldn't be so much suffering. Well, I, yeah, of course, I I wish I would I would have learned this earlier, but I'm not gonna you know like beat myself up. We we all do the best <laughs> that we can with like yeah. what we know at the time. And what what I noticed there in in Gaza was that there's a profound uh, like faith in God, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when people like would um you know they would find you know comfort in prayer mm -hmm. and what happens when you're in prayer I mean I you know I have limited experience with it oh I was forced to go to Catholic school that's a whole other thing so um I have, I have forced experience <laughs> um which probably doesn't feel the same as no no it's a very it's a different experience <laughs> yeah. than people who who are, who will want to be doing it so what mm -hmm. happens you know when you're in prayer i've been told is that your mind settles mm -hmm. right exactly you give you give your worries to god or whoever mm -hmm. you know you there is there's a relaxing a, a settling down and uh kind of like a surrendering and so what happens then, as we know, like when our minds settle, we enter, you know, a state of peace yeah. and well-being. So I think that, you know, this, you know, this connection with your well-being or your spark, you know, it it happen, it, it happens mm -hmm. when people are in prayer. Um it, it happens a lot of times, you know, just when you're just anytime that you're relaxed, you're, you're walking in nature or you're hanging out with your friends, you know, but it's not explained to us. Like that's what has happened. Right. Yeah. Yep. We, it's never, um, we're maybe, maybe some people are aware. It's like, Oh, okay. My, my mind is relaxed now. So I'm in a clear state of mind. I can make better decisions. I feel better. I, you know, everything, everything is easier when I'm in, in a clear state of mind and we get there 
all of us get there differently. And if I think the mechanics of it, like the principle of it, the laws of how your mind work were just kind of highlighted, then people would say like, oh yeah, I noticed that happens when I do X, Y, and Z. That's when my mind is uh, relaxed. So I think that human beings, we're, we are accessing it, you know, frequently. We just don't know what's happening. Happening. We don't know what it's attributed to. Like we'll say, oh, it's because trees make me relaxed. No, yeah, it's not trees that make you relaxed. It's the fact that your your mind has settled once, you know, when you're in nature because you feel like you just can let things go. Or your mind settles when you're in prayer because you you know you feel a, you know a communion with spirit or you know whatever it is. It's your mind relaxing. It's not the outside world that that has caused it. And that's that's the real um, that's that's the game changer. Yeah, yeah. Just like you, I I look back and I'm like, oh man, if I would have known, I could have helped this person, or I would have like I and and I don't want to get caught up in that because they also. I think that's when I learned this, I started seeing as well, like, even when I didn't have words to describe this, I felt it constantly. I knew something was going on. I can look back and see when I saw this person struggling and then suddenly they weren't. And now it's just, as you said, understanding the mechanics of it and seeing that it's, it's innate within all of us and it can happen all of the time. And it really is just that getting to that peaceful state and it can be anywhere. And it's so cool to know that everybody experiences this. We just, some people just don't have the words for it, but you just know, you know, when you get in that space, you know, when you drop down to it and seeing, seeing that it is coming from within you and not something on the outside, not as you said, a tree, um, is profoundly helpful and also so simple at the same time. And so I just love how just listening to your story, I just kept hearing it over and over again. Even when you talked about how you were struggling, um, knowing that like you had that knowing inside you, that's why we call it your spark. Like it was help, it was like, you, you got to do something you need to, you need to help yourself. Um, you can't give what you don't have. Like you need to help yourself. It was working for you back then when you didn't have words for it, it was always working for you. And it's just cool to look back and see that and know that it's always playing out in your life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Look at that. How painful was that? Stephanie, was that too bad? <laughs> <laughs> you you did gloss. Okay. I mean, you did gloss over your like younger years when you started mentioning getting in trouble. I was like, oh, I want to know more about that, but it's all right. We fast forwarded. It's okay. <laughs> we'll delve into that part another time. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I, I hope it. I hope it's useful for somebody. And um, yeah. Until yeah. next time, sparklers. Now you know all about Stephanie. <laughs> all right. Well, um, as always, you can find us on all of our social medias. So Spark Initiative, sparkcurriculum.org is our, um, if, if you're curious about our Spark Curriculum, that's where you would find it. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the places. Just look for us and we will be back with another podcast episode and we'll see who's in the hot seat next. <laughs> all Bye. right. Thank you all. Bye. It takes a spark.
Just tell 